Welcome to Three Boys in a Bar, your weekly film and whiskey review podcast. Join us each week as we review a film and a whiskey. You can follow us on Instagram at Three Boys in a Bar, or send us an email with your own film reviews and whiskey recommendations. Three Boys in a Bar at gmail.com. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Three Boys in a Bar, your weekly movie and whiskey review podcast. I'm here with my friends Marco. Hey Marco. Hey Will. And Tom. Hey Will. And first off, happy 25th boys. And it's uh, an amazing celebration because not only have, uh, have we turned 25, but we are in the same room together. Yes. 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 So it's been, it's been too long. I think, I think the last time would have been June we were all recording together. June. I think so, at your place, Marco. Oh, gee. Well, and listeners, you might hear a slight difference in the audio quality here because in person we actually have podcast material and microphones and everything and it's just silky and... It's a bit of a step up from Zoom, isn't it, boys? Oh, yeah, much we, better. we finally don't so have the technical better. difficulties of last, last week where I interrupt Tom on his intro, which we conveniently will edit out. That's right. <laughs> No more catching up on Zoom meetings and then um, so that we can maintain sort of visual contact with each other at the same time um, dialing in on our mobile phones so that we can actually record using our phones. It was very elaborate. We had had different systems going. Um, We did have it down to a fine art, but it's very good to be back in the room with you gentlemen. So before we get to this week's movie, boys, uh, Tom, you're on Whiskey Duties. Please let us know what we'll be drinking throughout the episode. Thanks, Will. Yeah, look, I was having a think about what what whiskey we should be drinking today, but... At the time of recording this episode, um, Sean Connery passed away last night in his sleep in his home in the Bahamas. And <laughs> it just sounds so insane. Like the quintessential Scotsman at home in the Bahamas. I, I'm, I'm glad that he passed away nowhere less than the Bahamas. In no way. I, um, but in tribute of such an iconic actor um, and who has, you know, who basically... Um, created the James Bond character and brought him to life on screen and all of his other fantastic roles like The Untouchables and The Rock, I thought we had to pick something that was a Scotch whiskey. So I went, I was Google, Google searching, trying to find what sort of whiskeys Sean Crony would drink. But I did find a great, but I did find a great quote from him and it was basically just Scotch straight up, any single malt will do. So Mr. Sean Connery, with that advice, I have gone and picked the Craig Lockie 13-year Single malt whiskey. Very good. Yes. Shout out to Sean Connery. Thanks, Tom. Well, yeah, to Sean Connery. Rest in peace, Sean. To Sean Connery. May your martinis forever remain shaken and not stirred. Damn straight. Oh, he's got one of those names. Poetic. Poetic. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not move past that too quickly. He's got one of those names though that you can't really call him Sean. It's got to be Sean Connery, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. If you need to know, it's actually Thomas Sean Connery. No, 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 no. It's Sean Connery. I don't, don't care about the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week we did not watch a Sean Connery movie. Marco, please tell us what we watched and your thoughts. Thanks, Will. So this week we watched On the Rocks. Uh, it is a film about a young mother, Laura, played by Rashida Jones, uh, faced with sudden doubts about her marriage 
uh, teams up with her larger-than-life Playboy father, who is played by none other than Bill Murray, Yay. Um, to tail her husband in a bittersweet comedy written and directed by Sofia Coppola. Now, this film was a joy to watch because it was ri- ridiculous and so heartwarming at the same time. I mean, Bill Murray, in one way, unfortunately, steals the show uh, as Laura's father, who i got to say I can't even remember his character name. Felix. Felix, there we go. Um, but, the, yeah, the, the film starts with Laura, who's has doubts about her husband and the fact that he might be having an affair. And all of her friends say, no, like it's not a thing, but she confides in her father, who is a known playboy and, yeah, might have uh, some interesting views on women. <laughs> <laughs> and he is convinced that her husband is cheating. And so the two of them, mostly led by him, attempt to sort of catch him in the act and really nail him down and say this is like... Uh, Tom, what do you think on the rocks? Thanks, Will. I love this movie. I thought it was delightful. I thought Rashida Jones gave a really carefully reserved performance um, as Laura, who is basically just living at home, looking after her kids. And I just loved, you know, all of those scenes of her at home with her kids, just all of the, like, just doing a lot of work, but also doing not much at all. And you can sort of, you just get to empathise with her and in her plight and her predicament, not really knowing what's going on outside, but she's kind of very much stuck at home in this, uh, in this very sort of, uh, in this very sort of static life, repetitious life that she's living. The other thing that I loved about this film was the sound mixing. I thought it was just excellent because you never, she never feel, you can, you empathise with her. She never feels like she's really just on her own and she can just be with by herself. Um, there's always the sounds of New York outside that are sort of invading her thoughts. There's always the cars going past her whenever she's in the street. All of those, all of those really subtle differences make it, you know, make it just realise how claustrophobic her life is, even when her husband is not there with her. I thought, for example, the juxtaposition between in all of those scenes where she's at a bar... Um, so you have some scenes where she's with um, Marlon Wayans, her husband, Dean, at these really loud bars and she can hardly hear him. And then you juxtapose that with her being at a bar with her father, play, Felix, played by Bill Murray, at these really quiet, um, quite intimate um, bars. And you know that she suddenly feels more comfortable and more at home because she doesn't have the, all of that sort of distraction invading her you know, her thoughts and her fears. And not only that, but Bill Murray's character is perfect because he's actually feeding into her insecurity and really understanding why she's feeling the way she is. It's a really fantastic relationship between Bill Murray and um, and Rashida Jones. The, um, their characters, they were both absolutely amazing. Bill Murray is excellent. Oh, my God. He mm. is so good. Totally. He didn't, like, it's not like, it was almost like he was not even trying. Like... I, I would say that I was almost watching the same performance he gave in Lost in Translation, yet the writing is so good, is good enough that he comes out as a completely different character, which I loved. I loved the scene, for example, when they're driving around in an Alfa Romeo tailing <laughs> um, Dean um, after a night out at a restaurant. Fantastic. Really great. Really fun scene. The costumes in that particular scene as well were just oh, beautiful, amazing. Beautiful car, by the way. Sensational. Yeah. Was, but that was, I, I've got to say, actually, that was probably one of the most exciting car chases I've seen in a film this year. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I really loved it. And I, I, get a, I get a bit of a, 
a Woody Allen vibe that there was totally also, yeah. that this was like yeah, a love yeah. letter to New York. Um, the the scene where they filmed and the streets, like it just had the 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 environment had as much character as the characters themselves, which I just loved. And um, I also thought that the cinematography was excellent. Philip Lassaud's um, camera work was just stunning. There were some fantastic scenes in particular when. Like there was, you will find that when you watch the film, like I said, this claustrophobia point, she's never really just in the frame by herself. Like we do get some scenes where she finally has some solace to just reflect, but there's always something else on the edge of the camera that just makes her realise that she's got a little bit of personal space, but not much. The scene when she's like waiting in line outside of class and there's that woman who's always talking to her all the time is just, you know, like she's just crammed into one side of the screen and the rest of it, it's just, it's really, really, really telling how, how much they can tell a story with pictures. And then there's this fantastic scene in Mexico when she's having this, so what happens is when you sort of film a scene with people at a table, you have two person shots. So you're filming front on one person and front on back to the other person. The camera was positioned quite slightly differently so that they were both sort of, it looked like they were both facing away from each other, but they were still sort of looking at each other. And maybe I'm not making I'm making a look. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, it totally yeah. makes that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it sort of means like they're not re- they're sort of not really talking to each other or they're not really on the same page as each other, but at the same time they're also distant in each other's in their own thoughts. And, and I, I just the scene just was it was really, really clever. I thought the editing was good as well. I thought the scenes like the, the the scenes then blended really well between each other, uh, into each other. I, um, there was nothing sort of. Um, I I thought the I thought it was a very patient film. Like Sophia Coppola was ha- happy to just keep the camera um, set on something and just let you watch something and let it manifest. And it really sort of I, I think it was nice to have that because you sort of appreciate the atmosphere. You really appreciate the environment that is that um that uh, Laura lives in. I probably that probably didn't make too much sense, but I I just thought this was a really great project, so definitely a watch from me. Will yeah, 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 yeah. And I think what you were saying about Rashida Jones's character always being her space being kind of invaded, and yet she's also this very lonely character. So she's always got something going on, uh, and yet she can never find time, and she can never find time to write and do her projects. And yet she also feels desperately lonely. And I think that that's where these ideas about her husband having these affairs really comes in. So her mind isn't occupied enough by, you know, other things that she really starts to entertain that. And, you know, Bill Murray's Felix really jumps on that. And it's really an interesting dynamic between the father and the daughter because he then is really trying to subvert her relationship with the husband and almost supplant himself in that role, like in order to maintain that relationship. And that that's, there's a darker side to that, that the film doesn't necessarily touch on explicitly, but how, how the movie does culminate and, and finish up, there is a rejection of that manipulation. And so what perfect, acting by Bill Murray that he's so charming and that despite all the reservations Rashida Jones has about him she's still once again caught up in this web and you know she can laugh at his flirting with all the waitresses and and all the friends and the ballet mistress but yet 
she still kind of goes on this mad caper and ends up following him to Mexico. And and so it was stunning writing. And, and yeah, I really, really love this film. And I think it was a great pick. And I, I it's a watch for me as well. I think it's just amazing. Um, also agree with those overtones of Woody Allen and, and it being shot in New York, I think, without it explicitly becoming that extra character, it really sets this amazing backdrop of the busyness of the city set against Rashida Jones's kind of um, isolation and, and loneliness. So, yeah, wow. Well, I, I have to say that the the chemistry between Rashida Jones and Bill Murray cannot be understated in this film, considering that they spend most of the film together. The clearly introverted writer type that Rashida Jones is exuding and has responsibilities. I mean, she has two young children that her father will literally just be like, hey, let's go to Mexico, it's fine. Someone else can take care of the kids, it's fine. But there is that amazing charisma that Bill Murray brings to the role and he never comes across as a bad person, even though he clearly makes very questionable decisions when it comes to his daughter and just generally. I mean, he's... Literally just like, yep, cool, get a babysitter. I'm taking you out for your birthday. Like, we're going to go to Mexico, get your mum to look after the kids. It's just that nonchalant kind of gregarious, like, we're doing this. But there's that undertone of control. And I think you said it very well there. He's trying to supplant Dean in the relationship. And he Mm. almost wants Dean to be as bad as he is. Yeah. Under the surface. Yeah, and well, that, he's yeah. not he's not a bad mm. person at surface level, but when you dig a little deeper, he's questionable. Well, totally. I mean, I think he's he's trying to recapture the love, you know, his daughter's love, and what better way than than to make out a new bad bad guy? Mm. I mean, that, well, there there is a point at the towards the end of the film where he describes his reasons for being as flirtatious and for doing what he has done. And I think that his reconnection with his daughter is, I mean, not that they were estranged in the first place. I truly believe that they had a relationship before this. Like, it's not like he's just come out of nowhere. But I think that the relationship that he has with her legitimizes the fact that he's getting older and he's going to strike out more than he's going to hit. And so he still gets that sort of warm and fuzzy feeling of attention because his daughter is there with him and they're doing stuff together, and then maybe the waitress that he's flirting with will go a bit further. But if it doesn't, he still has that warm and fuzzy. Like, I, mm. am I am I making sense there? Is that well? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what's really interesting is that he's he has these monologues about uh, sort of how science and evolution has played into men being promiscuous and why women tend to be more monogamous and. I think in today's day and age we would possibly say that's highly misogynistic and and it's this fairly thin uh, justification he has for his behaviour and he absolutely, almost like a a Baptist preacher or something, is is espousing this to his daughter as a justification for his behaviour. And she does sort of laugh it off or roll her eyes and, and pass it off as, oh, that's just my dad being my dad. But what's... Interesting is that he absolutely believes that and there's a part or what what I think is so beautiful about 
Rashida Jones's portrayal of Laura is that regardless of how smart she is in seeing through this sort of justification um, Bill Murray's character has that she still loves him because he's her dad and that 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 charming quality about him still rings through and and he he's working his daughter like he works the waitress in a whole other way but we can't help not love him and i think that that's the difficult or that's the so much of the tension and and such clever writing by sophia coppola and and absolutely the chemistry as you said marco so no everything you're saying totally makes sense and it's only on reflection that you start to think wow he's really kind of fucked up and yet through the movie you're like oh bill murray he's so great and rashida jones what are you doing with your life come on i think i think um for for example the whole the fact that he is someone who is promiscuous and um doesn't believe in monogamy or any or you know or a single marriage he you're you're sort of lured into believing everything he says and when you sort of when he refers to like evolution and yeah 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 he makes this great quote um monogamy and marriage are based on the concept of property to sort of talk about how this is all completely and our marriage is a completely an unnatural concept and i think um he there's this it's kind of goes to this whole it takes one to know one and so given that we know what what felix is like you're really believing that uh, sorry uh, we're going to go into spoilers here guys but um so that's your warning but you're really going you're really sucked into believing that marlon wines is cheating on her Mm. you're so because he 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 just seems to sort of come up with all this um objective theory based reasoning which sounds logical and then you sort of believe it and therefore the you know the the conclusion that you draw from that reasoning is that it, it's um completely true that he's cheating on her. Well, because you believe that Bill Murray knows what he's talking about. I think that's like his promiscuous nature is. You would assume that he knows what a cheater would do. He's like an authority on. The he's subject. like an authority on us on the subject, and he's mm. clearly not. One thing I will say though is that he's actually kind of right about the whole marriage being about property because the whole reason marriage exists is to work out who owned what property once it went down a lineage. Yeah, so yeah. There's a quite a famous book called Sex at Dawn, and and um, Felix also quotes the bonobo um, <laughs> evolution or science, which is what this book also talks about. That yeah, that monogamy and all these sorts of things are totally man-made and evolutionarily we're not meant to just be with one person. Look, there, there is nothing wrong with monogamy. There's nothing wrong with non-monogamy. But I think that at least in Felix's case, picking and choosing your evidence depending on what suits you is not exactly the right way to go about presenting an argument. Well, no. And, you know, we are in the 21st century and whether you believe evolutionarily we're meant to be monogamous or not, like, this is kind of the large, largely the Western world we live in, and again, it in sp- certainly in the movie you get that sense that he's just trying to justify his actions, and uh, you know he's so charming and manipulative about how he does it. It's so smart, and you, you start cheering in his corner. But it's totally just purely to support his bad fathering. And the re- you know the the reality is he has two daughters, and um, yeah, what does he do with his other daughter? Yeah. Well, you meet her just at the start. She's yeah, yeah well, but and and there's no feels, relationship there. Yeah, it definitely feels like she took the mother's side, whereas yeah, Laura's yeah. taken his side in a way. Yeah, 
So, so what we're saying, boys, is that, that this is a film about parenting and, and relationships. I, d- I think this is a film about the family you choose rather than the family you are born with. Mm. Because while Bill Murray is not a, well, like we've said, he's not a bad guy, but he kind of is. It's such a hard line to sort of define because he is there for his daughter on her birthday and all that sort of thing. But it comes from a more selfish place for him. Mm. He's not necessarily doing it out of a like the altruistic desire to, you know, take care of his daughter and make sure that she feels special on a what should be a special day. It comes from a place of loneliness because, I mean, that's clearly he is a lonely man. But, um, yeah, my train of thoughts just completely no, disappeared. No, Thanks, I think, boys. I, I think you're right. I think the, I think the theme about I think the theme of this movie is 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 about loneliness. Um, it's about trying to find meaning in life um, and how you find it, and it really is depa- and it really is defined by the relationships and the trust that you put in those relationships. And it's interesting. Like we've talked a lot more about. Felix, you know, Bill's, Bill Murray's character a, a, in relation to Laura, his daughter. But do you get the sense, boys, that that his performance overshadows Rashida Jones's or he becomes the main character over, over Laura? I, th- I think, unfortunately, there are a lot of times when he does overshadow her personally. Um, well, he is yeah. incredibly charismatic. And that's not mm. saying that Rashida Jones's Laura is not charismatic because she has mm. her own sort of charisma, but I feel like the way that she is introduced is as this struggling writer, housewife, going through the monotony of day-to-day and having to deal with kids and being home alone a lot of the time, whereas Bill Murray is this effervescent, gregarious, like just shining light of energy and comedy, I mean, at least in this Mm. film. Mm. And so at least the juxtaposition between how we see them when they come together, I think they, he unfortunately does overshadow her. Mm. But she does hold her own against him, even though her character is not as big as he is. And I think that that is a deliberate choice because... Definitely, the, yeah, definitely. The differences in them highlight mm. so much about who they are as people. Mm. And the fact that he is this massive person who's just, he is just lonely. He just wants attention. And whether he wants it from the Russian ballet waitress or his daughter doesn't really matter. And in fact celebrates when people confuse his daughter for his date. Yeah, he is very slow to correct people. He does correct everybody, but mm. he he relishes it. Mm. He's, mm. He loves it just for long enough to be weird. I, I think that I think that the I think that I agree. I don't I actually don't think Bill Murray overshadowed Rashida Jones's performance at all. I think it's a deliberate choice. You've got two completely stark different characters. Um clearly Bill Murray's in the better scenes. That's probably why. Um because he's obviously very charismatic, outlandish, compulsive. These are all sort of attributes that make a character exciting in a film. Rashida Jones's character on the other hand is obviously is very passive, very She's very hardworking. You know, raising a family is incredibly hard work. You you actually get a lot... She's actually very... Um, she's very reserved, but 
the camera work just really sort of captures her internal thought process so well. Yeah. That sense of, like I said, claustrophobia, the her sense of inadequacy. She has these fantastic scenes where she's able to, where she keeps a very straight face, but you can tell that she's holding in a lot. And she does that, she did that particular look really well. Mm. Absolute testament to her performances. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it was a different kind of performance that was being demanded of her, but I think she did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, and even that um, very, very short sequence or scene where she just goes and has a shower and, and you know, there's no dialogue and she's just washing her hair or something like that. But you, I really got a sense that how much she just wanted to wash away all the trouble and all the shit that was going on in her life and, and absolutely that, that so spoke volumes to where she was at. And, okay, it's not the gregarious performance of Bill Murray, but it's, um, you know, in terms of the storytelling of Sophia Coppola, it, it, it gives us another angle into her character. So... Boys, we've been uh, sipping on a beautiful whiskey. I think it's time to give it a little bit of a run there, Tom, and uh, give us your thoughts. And uh, yeah, because it's been a good one. And it's nice to share a drink with you, boys. Yeah, good to, good to finally yeah. be drinking together. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Cheers. Ding. Um, so as mentioned at the start, this was the Craig Lockie 13-year Speyside single, single malt scotch whiskey. And I got to say, this is a delicious drop. Got a very nice spicy, very spicy on the nose. I'd almost say like a bit of a... Bad <laughs> Marco, he's, he's cutting loose. <laughs> you can tell we haven't had human interaction for what seems like years. Listen, this is for the viewers because last time I took a sip and there was silence, somebody tried to interrupt me. <laughs> Listen, this is actually... What's happened in our previous episodes is one of us has to drink the other two... <laughs> presenters have to watch <laughs> which has led which has led to hours of will b-roll talking about whiskey and pontificating about its golden sunlight aspects and i really missed an opportunity to have my own podcast channel of just me talking about whiskey in the b-roll maybe stay tuned well this one is definitely i'd say like on color wise it's a it's a golden brown we are all currently We're looking, all looking at, at the, the colour of the whiskey. <laughs> we really haven't nailed the whole podcast thing where people can't see us. But it's got a it's got a beautiful it's got a beautiful caramelly scent on the nose, but also spicy. I'm I'm inclined to say nutmeg. I, I can definitely buy the nutmeg feel. On the on the nose it definitely on has that sort of treacly sweetness. Yeah. And a little bit of nutmeg, but I wouldn't say too many other spices on the nose at the very least. Well, you know how I'm, how I'm a bit of a touchy-feely kind of guy. This is just giving me a warm hug all over, like from the nose to the to the palate. It's delightful. It's a step up from the um, Glenlivet I had maybe two weeks ago that was I was raving about. This is like kicked it up a whole another notch. This is beautiful. So I'm just looking at the back of the bottle here, and it's saying that. That the Craig Lockie um, whiskey distillery still uses its traditional, it still uses the the worm tubs to distill the, the spirit, which is a very, um, which is their traditional technique. And basically, it says here that what worm tubs are? They're these long copper tubes, um, which they which sits in a in a tank of cold water, and these tubes sort of snake back and forth and then get narrower. And then that's to use that's used to condense the spirit, but it helps them to have a bit more of a um, robust, mature taste. Mm. 
as a result. So this is a 13-year whiskey. I like this. On the it's it's got a very it's it's a very smooth, creamy taste. You then get I, I'd say there's probably a little bit of peat that cuts through. Yeah, but it's pretty not not low low end, but it's it's not uh, it's not overbearing. It's no subtle. way, no way. Yeah, Oof. lashings of peat. Yeah, no. And a nice little fiery fire on the tongue. Mm. Oof. There is there's probably like a it's dry on the tongue at the end, and I'm going to say that there's a, a taste of salt. Hmm. Yeah, I can't I can't say that I share your salty persuasion, but. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, this is a fantastic choice, Tom. Thank you very much. No, thank you guys. Yeah, it's really it's good to good share one. this one with you guys. No, it's nice to share a drink. Absolutely. It's beautiful to actually be able to sit down and share the same bottle of whiskey and not have just mm. one of us try to review it without with the other two just mm. like salivating, wanting to taste this golden nectar. I've got like seven at home that haven't that you guys haven't tasted yet. Yeah. Oh, so Tom's hosting the uh, the big whiskey special. The whiskey in special a, in a week or two. Faux uh, show. I, thank you for the review, Tom. And thank you for bringing the whiskey. It's it's excellent. This has got to be one of the best um, we've tried, and not least because we got to share all from the same bottle. So, guys, normally normally we would go to kind of a scoring thing right now, but as we were talking, I feel like we've come out of Rona. Things have got to evolve. So I think we're just going to kind of give our, our scores out of a five. We're not going to break it down and a watch or a, a miss. So, Marco, it was your film. So we're going to start with you. Thanks, Will. Well, I I have to say, I've, what can I say apart from whatever else we've said before? This film is great. It is entertaining. It is surprising. And it's real. It is so honest in its realness, but it also has that sort of level of absurdity that comes with the human condition. Um, and for that, I give it a four out of five. I And an absolute watch. I think this is a film that just about anyone can enjoy, uh, unless you're you know, looking for a hacker-slash-horror film. This is not going to be your cup of tea, but there is... There's an honesty to this film that I think that most people will appreciate. Yeah, nice. Tom? Yeah, me too, Marco. I'm giving this a four. Um, I, I, I thought this. I, I thought Sophia Coppola did a fantastic job. I, I query whether she wrote this out of experience from her um, very famous, successful father, Francis Ford Coppola. Um, but I wonder if there's like, I wonder if there's some similarities or parallels that she's drawn on to make this film. Because it is very, it does feel really real. The writing is excellent. the The dialogue is amazing. The scenes are so organic, especially the scenes when with um, Laura and her kids, mm, or with yeah, or yeah, with Dean, like yeah. amazing. And um, and Bill Murray, obviously, just just incredible performance. Really fantastic performance. Um, love the cinematography. Um, before I, I should also the costuming was amazing. A big shout out as well to Phoenix, who did the music, com- who was the composer for this film. I thought the music choices were fantastic. Some great jazzy tunes, some also some great electro, especially in the credits at the end. Like Sophia Coppola um, picks picks her music well. Um, so I, I, I loved it. Great film. 
Yeah, so definitely a watch. Definitely a watch. Yeah, awesome. And I'm going to go a four and a half out of a five. So I think this is one of the best films of this year. I think, Marco, you were really, you summed it up really, really well in that it had this organic quality, almost underplayed. Like, yes, absolutely, Bill Murray brings this vivacious, charismatic character to life, but how it's written and shot and all those elements, I'm like, uh, it's almost so underplayed it may not get nominations or or be up for things it it may well i'm not sure but i just really really loved it so yeah this gets a four out of four and a half out of a five for me and obviously a watch guys it's been wonderful to do this in person thank you absolutely marco thanks for bringing the, the film brilliant to actually do this in person very good tom you were whiskey duties this week which means you are on movie Judy's next week. What are we looking forward to? Yeah, so next week I reckon we could we've got to go and see the Borat sequel. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited. Um, After hearing all the things about it, um, we've got to watch and talk about it. Yeah. Amazing. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening at home. You've got Borat to look forward to next episode. Please join the conversation on our Insta at Three Boys in a Bar or send us your reviews of On the Rocks or a whiskey you think we might want to try via email, threeboysinabar at gmail.com. Both of those, the numeral three. Boys, thanks once again. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Will. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to Three Boys in a Bar. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review. Don't forget you can connect with us on Instagram at Three Boys in a Bar or send us your own whiskey and film recommendations to threeboysinabar at gmail.com. Stay tuned for a spoiler cast if we have one happening this week. Otherwise, we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.